Hey, thank you for that beautiful reading of Psalm 137. And what a surprise ending to that psalm. Uh, the reality is that we never have to be embarrassed about what's in the Bible, but often we do have to ask some questions about it. And the story of Psalm 137 is because of Israel's continual disobedience and rebellion against God and his ways, Israel was invaded and conquered by a brutal people uh, called the Babylonians, and they were assisted by the Edomites, who were um, descendants of Esau. And, you know, if we wanted some con uh, some contemporary context of, of what this kind of event, it would be thinking our worst-case scenarios of the genocide in, in Rwanda, the activities of the Taliban in Afghanistan, the, the Holocaust where the Nazi Germany uh, systematically wiped out six million people. Um, Cambodia's Pol Pot, I can't remember how many million died in that uh, genocide. And... Again, China's Uyghurs, you know, think about these regimes at their worst and at their most brutal. What they were pretty much doing was just following on from the practices of the invading Babylonians. And when the Babylonians invaded a country, they didn't just massacre men, women and children. They deliberately slaughtered babies and unborn babies to signify the end of this people. And then they transported the remaining people to another land to totally destroy their culture and their language. It was an utter annihilation. And so these exiles who had been transported to Babylon were being taunted by their captives to sing us one of your songs. Sing us one of those worship songs to your, to your powerful God who didn't rescue you. And they reply, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And there'll be no singing while we're here. You know, we're not used to such raw emotion, usually, and we, and we feel a little bit disorientated by it. New Zealanders in general, we're pretty mellow and non-emotive compared to many other ethnicities. But the Israelites were not. They were, they were a people who used the full range of their emotions. A wonderful theologian called Walter Brueggemann says the book of Psalms contains three types of Psalms. Psalms of orientation, Psalms of disorientation, and Psalms of reorientation. You know, we, sometimes we find our, our current circumstances and our situation in some of the psalms, and they're comforting to us. They orientate us. Uh, and other psalms, they mess with us and disturb us and make us think and feel differently. And then there's the psalms that reorient us to a kingdom perspective. And Psalm 137 is definitely a psalm of, of disorientation. It's designed to grab our attention. And the, the psalm, it's interesting, the psalm has this distinct movement that goes through it. The first, the first four verses, you, the, the pronoun used is we. And then from five to six, it's I. And then from seven to nine, it's them. And, and you know, I don't know about you, but I, we often find this similar movement in our prayers and in our worship. We start with us. We look around and we, and we notice our situation. And then the Lord invites me to take a look at myself. And then the response of that inward look is then to turn and to look outward. <clears throat> and so we see the exiles were getting in touch with the dire situation that they found themselves in. And their response was to remember Jerusalem. And now this, this was more than just, you know, I really miss that city. I really miss that location. But it was, a, it was shorthand for the kingdom of God. They were saying, you know, we, we've lost the kingdom. We've lost the promise that God had given us. You know, and the reality is this, that pain should always point us back to God's face. And it's all, all because of covenant that these Israelites could pray this way. You know, the other party in their covenant was God 
who had promised to protect and bless them. And so we, we see this audacious prayer, you know, and all through the book of Psalms and all through the Old Testament, we see audacious prayers where, where the people of God, almost the, the Israelites almost are, are, um, are demanding that God, you've got to do something. And the reality is this, that they understood covenant much more than we understand covenant. They knew God had made a covenant with them and it was his responsibility to keep his part. And he promised that he was going to keep them safe. You know, one thing that stands out to me uh, in the Old Testament is is that they, they you know, I, I find that it challenges me to think about covenant more, to, to, to think about the covenant that God has invited us into by leaning into it more and acknowledging it more. You know, that, that in, a, in a few moments, you know, we're going to celebrate that new covenant that Jesus made with us. And, and you know, and, and I think this psalm reminds us that we can lean into that covenant and, and remind ourselves, you promised, Lord. You said that you would do this for us. You said that you would be this for us. And so anyway, the, so the Israelites, that's a reason the Israelites could ask God, bring the vengeance that these people deserve. Bring it back on them just as they brought it on to us. Now, what can the psalm speak to us? You know, right now and the, and the at the end of uh, October in 2021. And I'm not for a moment suggesting that our current experience of being locked down in a global pandemic uh, is anything like, anything, you know, equivalent to a, a brutal invasion and genocide. But the reality is that many of us are experiencing fatigue. Many of us are living with a floating anxiety, a fear, or even an anger. Maybe, maybe there's other emotions and responses that we're, that we're uh, feeling too. And I think the psalm has something for us this morning. You know, the, the, the reality is this, that when things turn bad, the invitation is to stop and to remember where we are and where we're heading. Um, you know, all the pain, all the frustration reminds us that we're not home yet. And, and to keep our hearts, like, the, like Paul talks about, to keep our hearts set on things above where God is. You know, both Paul and Peter describe us as being strangers and aliens um, from the promises of God. And, and yet through Christ, we're brought home. And, and this invitation in the psalm here is keep our hearts on the things above. You know, to think about we are exiles in this present world, in this present system. And we know that because we have this deep sense in our hearts. We're not home. Things aren't right. Things are a bit of a mess. In Philippians 3.20, it says, our citizenship is in heaven. Now, and not that it's some far away ethereal place, but that right now we're longing to see heaven touch earth. So, so our prayer is... Uh, it's it's second, the second um, movement in the Lord's Prayer. Let the kingdom of God come. Let the will of God be done. Right now, right now in my circumstance, right now in our circumstance. Let, let it be power and not just words. Let righteousness, peace and joy come right here. And now I, I'm going to pause just for a moment for us to take a, just to take a simple moment and to reorient ourselves this this psalm has has disorientated us and so it's an opportunity for us to to reorientate ourselves and say what what needs to be put right you know and so just for a moment just for a few seconds that we just pause we think about our situation and the invitation of the kingdom of god to pray the prayers of the lord's prayer and to say let the kingdom of god come make all things right so let it come